Have you had that moment when you really wanted some good news? You felt like life had gotten too plain, too normal, or maybe you had made an application and you were waiting to hear, yes, you got in, or yes, you received this scholarship, or yes, you received the new job. Getting that phone call and getting that message would light up your life because you knew it had inaugurated a new change. It had opened a door for you and life was going to be different. For some of our friends, when we talk about uh, Jesus and the gospel as good news, which is literally what gospel means, good news, our, our friends may feel like you've got to be kidding. They may feel like, no, oh, that's old news, or that's not news at all. Maybe it's just a myth or a story. What we read in the Gospels and the record of Jesus' life is the account in which good news and gospel is presented something that doesn't just announce what happened in the past, but the implications of that for the future and what God is going to do in the future, and in particularly our future. And so I want us to understand the good news as Mark sees it in the Gospel of Mark as we launch a new series called Still Good News. Jesus is still good news. Even as our world is in a pandemic, even as we're responding to great changes, even as it seems like many people are suffering under the changes in climate, Jesus is still good news. And this is the message that we present, and it's the message that each of the apostles brought forward to the life and ministry of the church. So I want to introduce you to Mark chapter 1 in verses 1 through 8. And we're going to see that Mark sees Jesus as the one who immerses people into the new reality with God, into a new reality with God. So this is Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mark wants to make clear to his readers that there is a new reality possible because God sins and God comes. There is a new reality possible because Jesus, 
the Messiah, the Son of God, has come. And God had been sending people to prepare his people and the world for Jesus because he wanted to inaugurate a new reality for them. Notice what he says in the beginning of of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you. Here it seems from this conflation from Malachi that God is actually addressing the Son, that he's actually addressing Jesus the Messiah, saying, I will send a messenger ahead of you. I will not leave you without a witness to prepare people for you. And that the characterization of this messenger is that this messenger would be one who is preparing his way by calling out from the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. This herald, this one who comes with a voice out of the wilderness, is like the herald who sent before a victorious king. In the Roman world, they would have understood this imagery of one who comes ahead, the forerunner ahead of the king, saying, get ready, the king is coming, the king will come, and so prepare a path, prepare yourselves to receive him. And Mark quickly associates John the Baptist as the one that God had sent as Jesus was coming. Notice in verse 4, it says that John a Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. And so when we think about what is it to be prepared for Jesus in our lives, and what was the call of John the Baptist, the call of God to the people of Israel, it was to prepare their hearts and their lives for the Messiah, for the one that God was sending his own son. And so... There was urgency in this move to repent of your sins, to repent of your rebellion against God, to repent of the ways that violate his ways and the commands of God, and to set your life in a pattern of expectation for the coming king. When Israel would think of a coming king, maybe they would think now of a conquering king. And so there might be fear that this one who's coming is one who's actually going to just take from them. But notice that John the Baptist, his message is that the one who is coming is going to give to them. And so prepare your lives for what he is going to give you not what he is going to take from you. In Israel's history, a voice from the wilderness would be one that calls out in desperation and urgency. For the wilderness was a place in which one was alone. It was a wide and open expanse. It's where Israel themselves had experienced a need to be dependent upon God and where they experienced vulnerability to the elements, and vulnerability to their enemies. 
And so it is that in our points and places of great desperation, it's there, ironically, that we most often can experience God as present and powerful, that we can experience God as comforter and one who is with us. John the Baptist fulfilled this by being outside of Jerusalem. He was not an insider. By being a bit unusual, he was one who lived and made his way simply and in the wilderness. And then he had a message, and his message was contrasted with the messages of those days because he did not point to himself, but he instead pointed to God and the one that God was sending. He was pointing people to Jesus. Baptism was the prophetic sign that John used and offered to them as a sign that said, I am leaving my sin that I might be ready to receive the one he is sending. So the second thing that we must really notice here is not just about the one that God had sent to prepare people for Jesus, but we must pay close attention to the message of John the Baptist, that Jesus is the new reality that makes possible something new for each and every person in life with God. This Jesus that is coming, John says, is more powerful, and if we could say it, more worthy of honor in our lives and will do something that John himself couldn't do. John baptized with water as a prophetic sign, but Jesus would baptize you, people, all of you, with the Holy Spirit. This promise of the Holy Spirit meant that people would be ushered into the new reality of God, that they would be immersed into the reality and life of the Father, Holy Spirit, and the Son. That Jesus is the King who gives good gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit was present at the creation. And so Paul would later say of the Holy Spirit that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. The Spirit has brought life. In Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, whom John the Baptist has already quoted, says in Isaiah 32 that there is a king coming, a king who will reign in righteousness, and that this king would come in such a way that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit would be poured on us from on high, and the desert become a fertile field, and the fertile field would seem like a forest. What a dramatic change. What an incredible change of environment. Ezekiel, in speaking of the Holy Spirit coming, spoke of a new heart that had been changed from the hardness of stone to the life-giving, flexible, enduring presence of a new heart. That the Holy Spirit would make this possible. In Isaiah chapter 44, in speaking of the Spirit, God told Israel, Do not be afraid, my servant whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry land. I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up 
like grass in a meadow, like popular trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. And others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will ride on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name Israel. What a dramatic change because of the arrival and coming of a king. Do you know, Mark enters into the gospel not with a birth announcement of Jesus, but instead with a birth announcement of the new people of God. The new people who would believe and receive Jesus would be occupied by the Spirit of God who would be poured out on high on them. This is the promise. This is the new reality into which Jesus ushers us. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, ushers us into a new reality, full immersion into the life of God when he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Later, the apostles would realize and learn through the experience of the gift of the Holy Spirit that those who believe and receive him would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so anew and anew and anew, those who know Jesus can be filled with the Spirit and brought into the communion of God. What does it mean for us in this season as we restart, as we meet again, as we seek a spiritual renewal and awakening of the Church of Jesus within Vancouver and in Canada. We seek this renewal knowing that like these first disciples, we must repent of our sin and set it beside, and that we must let him renew us. And so we would take up even at times the sign of baptism to indicate what Jesus has done, that Jesus has filled us and taken residence in our life now by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is this great gift that Jesus makes possible. Now Mark, having introduced Jesus as the new reality, as Jesus as good news for all, is going to go on to show us how Jesus did it. How did Jesus go about making it possible that you and I might be baptized with the Holy Spirit? That those first listeners to John the Baptist 2,000 years ago might be filled with the Holy Spirit? That those who were not in the people of Israel, but outside of Israel and foreigners to the covenant of God might enter in to this new reality, this new covenant made possible through Jesus. How would that happen? The rest of the Gospel of Mark is setting out before us the life and teachings of Jesus so that we might get to know him and see and experience again what it is he does in baptizing us, in immersing us, into the life of God through the gift of the Holy Spirit.